That's so right. did you think about that whole decoration when you set it up? My, that was my wife, 100% my wife. Yeah. Well, well done her. She's a rock star. Yeah. Anything she, good that has ever happened in my life, it's because of my wife. <laughs> That's good. And you have to keep that attitude. That's going to make right. you happy for a long time. Yes. Happy wife, happy life. That's one go. thing that I, I've learned early on and I'm going to, you know, keep it going forever. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, we were just, uh, we were right before we started recording, uh, you were talking about a very, um, a very awesome story about your relationship with Persians. And since I'm Iranian and both of my parents were born and raised in Iran, they left in 1979. My mom still talks to all her family members in Iran every single week. So I'm, I'm dying to hear this story. So if you don't mind, uh, let me hear sure, it. Sure, sure, with pleasure. So, yeah. um, well, the Tesla world knows me mainly because of my rating agency experience, right? Because I worked for Moody's and I was a fund manager before that. And after Moody's, I had my own rating agencies. But I left the financial market in 2007. And, um, and there I was with my five kids living in the south of France and thinking, okay, from now on, I'll look uh, after my nails, right? And after my kids, of course, first. Um, that lasted a couple of weeks. And, uh, and then I just couldn't couldn't stop it. So I had no idea what I would do professionally. And um, we had quite a big house because with five children, you better do. And we were renting it out in the summer to make some extra money, but also to move to, to, to travel to, to California because my husband had some uh, interest in a, in a vineyard still, he still does in, in California. So we were coming visiting there. So long story short, I saw my accountant and I said, you know what, how do I get that rental revenue, you know, being well tax wise and whatever. He said, you know what, you should just become a, a real estate agent. And I thought, what's that? I have no clue. The house we bought, I was not involved. That was my husband's story, whatever. He said, you know, you'll be a really good real estate agent. You just fill out papers, whatever. Became real estate agent, set up my own agency. And so I did that in Mujan, which is a really nice, picturesque little village in the hills of Cannes, you know, where the film festival is. Mm -hmm. And um, I lived there close to a pond and a big park. And on the other side of the pond and the park was this huge house. And so... I don't know. I, I seem to have been good professional. After a year, I had about 140 villas for rental and I started doing sales and uh, a land came up close to that big house. And I said, well, I think I would know a buyer for that. So let me stretch out and see whether I can find who is the owner of that big house. Well, the owner of the big house is the sister of the Shah. <laughs> and uh, and so I first met with her attendants and uh, you know got checked and groomed whether I was worthy of, of her time, uh, which was the case, which I was very happy about. And so I met her actually a couple of times. So we, we worked together on the rental of her house because mm -hmm. she also needed some extra income. And so she, she rented out that house to uh, events, mainly to weddings and at the film festival, which was still a big story in 2008 and 2009 then. And, uh, and then she also put the house and some more land on sale the house never got sold not in my experience I think it's still hers but lots of the land around it got sold which was really prime prime real estate and I had the pleasure of meeting her quite a few times and I was just delightful I mean and that you know there are so, so many coincidences in life when you meet people unexpectedly and I sure. that was just a great start and, and as I told you before I think there's something going on between Germans and Persians <laughs> I've met I've come across them so often in my life it's always been such a pleasure and I'm so delighted to meet you today oh my goodness likewise yeah that's an amazing story I was like literally I was like okay let's hold that story because I need to hear it and then I, I'm going to send it to my parents especially my mom <laughs> she's going to love 
She's going to love that story. My mom did some travels when uh, before she had me. And one of the things that she always talks about uh, was, I think, Nice in, 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 yes, in France. Yes, that's it. That's the, that's yeah. the airport for, for us. Yeah. And man, she like, she's like, whenever okay, you guys can I have a it, shout out to Mama Misa? Please. Tell her, I, I really, really am very, very proud of your son. He's doing <laughs> great. And thank you for bringing your kids to America. Oh my goodness. Yeah. She's going to, she's going to love hearing that. Thank you for saying good. that. Yeah. Oh, it's, no. been, it's been very a, good to my heart. Oh my goodness. It's been, it's been a wild, um, yeah, because we, we were born and raised, my brother and I were born and raised in Spain. So my, my parents went to Iran, they left uh, Iran in 79, they went to Spain to further their education. And uh, they had me and my brother, and then we moved to the States in 1999. Um, so how did then, they move to the States? I mean, I do know immigration was different then yeah. and now, but, but how, how did they come here? Were they sponsored by family or how yeah, did they come here? So my dad... Oh, how yeah, it's so so awesome. My dad was uh, he he had a temporary visa to come to the states to try and find uh, some sort of a you know profession or career because mm -hmm. Spain at the time just historically it's been had high unemployment and so my dad was looking for something that you know something better to move to move the family somewhere to have more. How old were you then? I was twelve when we moved. Okay. Yeah, and my little brother was uh, seven and a half, right right around okay. that age, and. Um, yeah, he moved. And then I think on the last week or like one of the last few days before his visa ran out, uh, they were able, he was able to find something thanks to my, to my family and one of the connections they had with one of the companies around there. And then he also oh, it was employer sponsored. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. It, it ended up being employed. That's right. And then, uh, yeah. And then he found a job. I think, I honestly think it was in the last week that he had the ability to, to get it and, and it made it happen. And then my mom's like, we're moving to America. I'm like, cool, let's go. I don't know what that means, but let's go. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I think and then, 12 is still a good age. I mean, I'm sure. when we moved eight years ago, our um, third, I'm, I'm sorry to talk with numbers when I talk about my children, but no, when you will okay. have hype, you'll see, you'll talk with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mix up the numbers, then they really hate me. But anyway, so our, our third was 16. Okay. And um, and he, that, that's getting more complicated, right? Because then you have friends, girlfriends, you, you, you feel you, you, you can project your future, whatever. Sure. So for him, it was a bit, a bit tougher. And, and let me just maybe add that story because it's cute too. And then we can talk Tesla. And, and I'm sure. sorry for all the people that were hoping for Tesla. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I love this kind of conversation. Yeah, please. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, so we moved in 2014. He was 16. He was really not a happy chap. We moved in July. He was supposed to to start school in, in September. So July and August, I can tell you, when you have a 16 year old sulking in his bedroom, especially you arrive in your country, and I'm like, oh, well, it wasn't, wasn't the best moment anyway. So um, the, the school organized a beach picnic. That's the nice thing about Santa Barbara, right? To stay away, it's, it's perfect, right? Sure. And so th that, that beach uh, was, was supposed to start, the picnic was supposed to start at two. So he had all this plan. So three days before he said to me, okay, I won't be there at two. I'll come at 2.15. I said, come on, I just drop you off. You take your towel. You just, no, 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 I planned this. It's going to be 2.15. The next morning, you'll wake up and say, maybe I should be there five minutes earlier. You know, the whole thing was three <laughs> days of a break. So anyway, he went to that picnic. It went all well. It's all good. So a couple of years forward, so he's all happy. He's now working in D.C. He's a very happy chap. But about three, four years ago, he was still studying. He called me prior to coming home and said, Mom, I just want to tell you something. Because, you know, having a German mother comes with some twerk. So, um, <laughs> so, so he's uh, preparing the, the, the land going, I have to tell you something. I got a tattoo. 
Okay. Oh, now you Lord. all might find that funny, but you know, as a German mother, I'm not so sure that you find that funny. So I was like, <laughs> you are crazy. You got a tattoo. Where did you get a tattoo? And he was going, I won't tell you. And I mean, I was going berserk. I was like, oh my God, what did you do? Where did you put it? I mean, the worst things, right? And uh, and so, okay, I was telling myself, come on, he's coming home for a vacation. Don't overdo it. Don't bring your German side in there again, <laughs> whatever. So there we come. And and so he comes home, already the grin, like like you. I mean, it was already grinning. I was like, oh, what's this now? Uh, opens the door, big hug. And I'm like, going, Theo, where's the tattoo? And he laughs his way up, rolls up his T-shirt, and he had graved that July 2014 date on his heart. Oh, my God. Isn't that something of our story? And I mean, I felt so bad for being bad, right? But I love I love the way he did that because he he knew what what the end result was going to be, you know. And so he kind of like poked you a little bit, you know, he poked you a little bit, he prepped you and then he delivered that beautiful yeah, message at the end. Oh, my goodness. It's like artful. Was it? That was like a very artistic way of delivering the right? message. You know? And I mean, and it shows all my flaws in one story, right? Because <laughs> Listen, so I, there you I, go. I, now you know me. I get it. Yeah, that's a beautiful. So thank you for sharing. I really, I already oh. like really vibed with this conversation, man. It's it's so easy going. I really. Uh, it's the first time we've ever spoken uh, in person. I like I, I've been following your stuff on Twitter from time to time, and uh, you've been a very valuable part of the Tesla community. And uh, one of the things that we talked about before we even uh, talked today was that you know that we may have some things that you and I might might disagree on when it, as it pertains to Tesla, which I absolutely love because I think this is how we further conversation and really bring different points of views to it. So if you don't mind, let's let's start with uh, let's start with the Tesla topic. I know one thing that you said, um, one of the things that you mentioned was the the PR side of Tesla was something that uh, perhaps you and I wouldn't agree on. And I'm really curious to hear sort of your in-depth thought about that. Maybe we can start there and then see where the conversation goes. How does that sound to you? Sure. No problem yeah. at all. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's the part I actually try to prepare. Okay. And um, and then I would say to myself, there's no point <laughs> because what I'm trying to bring over can't be prepared. Um, the the thing is, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely love Tesla. I'm 100% invested other than a little bit of my IRA in, uh, in Gary's uh, fund, which is for supporting him, because, but also because I want to have a little bit something diversified. This in is that Gary part. Black, right? Yeah, right. Gary Black, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, nobody should doubt about my full conviction on Tesla. Let's just put that out straight away. Does that mean that I find everything is perfect? No. Um, and, and I mean, probably my first two stories help you to understand. I'm just, you know, I'm always trying to optimize and I'm quite tough on myself, but everybody around me as well. So um, I found that most recently, and I've been following Tesla now for two years, communication, communication gets sparser and sparser. It's, you know, it's Elon and nothing else. And it's, very good and very technical on a lot of things like the impact reports, like the special days, AI day and whatever. But in the middle, it's just throw it out and eat the beef, right? And I just think Tesla has arrived to a state where doing some concise factual communication around certain themes without getting into, you know, manipulating or advertising. That's not what I want to do. Yeah, I can hear you. No problem. Okay, perfect. So, yeah. so I just think Tesla got to the point where the size now matters, the influence matters, the fact that he wants to purchase Twitter brings in much more focus of much more diversified general um, media. And the, the hate 
that he gets gets more political, right? He went on the political land. He did it on purpose. When he was on the uh, at that summit in Miami with the All In podcast, he chose talking politics. He chose putting out there that next time he's going to vote Republican. So that opens a whole more personal um, attitude from him. But that brings also in all the haters and all and all the bad media that you can have in America when when you do that when you go there. Um, and I just think for protecting Tesla, the brand, the staff, the employees, but also um, all the regulators Tesla will need in the coming months and years, it would just be good to support whatever Elon says. Again, don't get me wrong. I don't want him to talk. He can talk as much as he wants, 100%. But whenever he talks on something that's substantial on Tesla, it is straight away backed up with explanation. Best example is last Friday. Do we lay off people? Do we not? Which type? Whatever. If that on Friday morning would straight away have had one factual, call it blog post, if you don't want to call it press release, right? But giving the facts, the whole storm that was created and that sure enough is noise and will go away, but why create it, right? Try, you know, a little bit smoother sailing you, and you can't avoid it so easily. And why not go that route, right? And then, I mean, tell me, you will tell me why PR, right? And it's not PR what I want. I want just factual communication. Mm. I mean, it, it's it's a very. I mean, that sounds extremely reasonable. To be completely honest, I think I think the one thing that often I'm trying to like think as to why why there would be a counter to that, you know. And I have a hard time really thinking of one because if you really think about if you really think about what happened, if you take the most recent example of the thing that happened with the 10, uh, the story that came out from the Reuters or whoever published it, that was uh, it's appeared to be factually incorrect around what was actually getting laid off and the exactly. fact that there was colored left that was colored mm -hmm. left out around the fact that they're actually increasing headcount net. What what it sounds like from from that point forward, it took like a day or two for it to be cleaned up by one of Elon's Twitters. Uh, I 100% agree with you that if there was a, some sort of me uh, mechanism or, or something that the company or Elon himself did that came out uh, either ahead of it or at the exact time that it was published that said, hey, this is exactly what's happening. This is the sort of trajectory of the company. This is how we're thinking about it. Uh, the, the news thing is not, is not correct. Then it would have cleaned up a lot of it. I think one of the things that I've, I'm trying to like maybe... Uh, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but I'm trying to figure out why the behavior of Elon and Tesla could be this way is perhaps, I don't know if, if it's a case of maybe uh, Elon doesn't feel like things like this are needed, quote unquote, because of how much demand Tesla has. Yeah. And so like, I'm trying to like say here is, okay, so if he does try to fix these things, it's kind of a moot point because the overall trajectory of the company doesn't matter, right? It's still yeah. going to keep going And let going me up. address that. And let, yeah, me, let me address that. And and I agree with you. There is, you know, backlog and backlog and backlog. I'm currently waiting for our ex -plan and I can tell you, I wish it comes quicker and it will sure. come soon, but still. Um, uh, but this communication is not just for future clients. I actually don't think it's at all for future clients. Somebody who wants a car wants a car. Do you know what Maribara is looking for? Do you know whatever when you, I mean, of course you're not ordering a Bolt, but if you would order a Bolt, mm. I think somebody buying a car couldn't care less. And us in our little Twitter sphere, we know it. And the, the, the journalists that are implied know it and the journalists that want to harm um, Elon get to that because they they feel the they feel the, the weakness. Um, 
this communication will help whom? It will help, obviously, the journalists that are more neutral, and there are some out there, and there are some that are positive on, on, on Tesla, so that will help. I mean, even Rob Mower said in that evening, oh, my God, I'm confused. I don't know where we are anymore, right? And, and when, you have, when you have confusing information, well, clarify it. Um, so it is for media in the first sense, of course, but it is actually much lo uh, longer, and, and that's where you will come into play. It is for current and it is for future employees. Why create a mess? Why? Mm. Because, I mean, there will be people. I had a discussion with one of the, the, the Twitter people that said, well, engineers understand that. Well, maybe engineers understand that, but maybe there are other people who are not engineers that are more soft-hearted, that are more worried, that have to feed three kids at home and, and you know, and, and suddenly feel, oh, my God, it may be me. Why, mm. why create this stress when it could be avoided with the clearer languages and more details? Um, so it's current and future employees, but it's also regulators. And, and there I come to an example I would like to elaborate on two, three minutes, if you give me the time. Please, when I was a realtor, I had, I mean, in my life, I did a lot of training, but most, most of it was just useless stuff. But <laughs> when I was a realtor, we had to do a yearly training, which I hated because it was one of those mandatory things. And I thought nothing would come out of it. It was at one of the best life lessons I learned. The guy was brilliant. And he explained to us, um, something very simplified that exists in much bigger detail, but I love the simplification of this one, which is always address who listens to you when you want to sell a house, right? Now I'm in a position, I want to sell a house, I get a huge commission if that works, and now I can talk about how wonderful this house is and how thick the walls are and how good this square meter is worth here, but that addresses about 25% of people wanting to buy the house, and why not expand it to 100%? So then he made it very easy, he made it in colors. So most of the Tesla crew I know out there will be in the color blue. Blue are people that are fact-based, that are rational, that are um, most of the time early adopters of new technology, um, that find innovative names for their children, that, that buy a Tesla early. So that's the blue crowd, right? Very factual, very reasoned. And then once they're convinced, they're all in. You have yeah. the yellow crowd. The yellow crowd are the artists of this world. So maybe singers, maybe musicians, maybe actors, maybe painters, whatever. When you want to sell something to those crowd, you have to address them completely different than the blue. And there is a, a meaning of why those colors are so different. Then you have the red crowd. The red crowd, I'm clearly in, they're more outspoken. They take a lot of risks, but they're not always the early movers. Best example in my case is, um, I was very for a very long time um, having my BlackBerry, right? Everybody was telling me, my, why in the world would you still have BlackBerry? Well, if somebody red is in love with something, that's where they stick to. Um, and then you have the green crowd. Now, the green crowd are people that are very traditional. They will call their children the same names than their grandfathers. There are people who want to do what their neighbor does, that replicate a lot, that, that are late in the adoption curve. And most people working for government services are in that green crowd, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have these four crowds. Again, they're much better models, but what I like about this one, it is so simplified. Now, if an engineer talks only to engineers, he gets 25% of that market, the blue crowd, right? They will understand it. They will pick it up. Maybe the red crowd like me, because they're in love, they will also pick it up, right? That's how you stimulate the red crowd. You have an emotion. Maybe the artists will say, I see myself in a Tesla. What the heck he talks about? I'm happy anyway. But you will not touch 
the green crowd. They will not find what they are looking for. They need some stuff that they are used to, to be able to get acquainted to it. They need more time. And if you constantly ignore these people, yet you need them at one moment in the life cycle of your company, you actually build up barriers where you should burn them down. I mean that 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 makes that makes a lot of sense but I'm curious like how do, do you think that the time so it, it's 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 I think it makes a lot of sense for for Tesla to be able to communicate to 100% of the population in the way that they are best able to receive that information I think exactly. that that's that's factually correct and I agree with that statement 100% I think one of the counter arguments to that is that perhaps Tesla is not there yet and thus maybe right now it's not the right time for them to delve okay, into now this? Let me challenge you, you on that, that one. Yeah, yeah let me challenge you on that one. Come on. They're, I mean, <laughs> Elon can do Case I mean, close. Come Elon on. can do everything. <laughs> I know. I mean, he's landing the rockets, right? He's, he's building a car that can drive me to Vegas by itself. I mean, yeah. this one is one either you he's think it's on low board effort? and understand it, and he can probably even write an AI where somebody, you know, so mm. sits there and grabs his tweet sure. and puts the facts together and out it is, right? This one is an easy one to solve, the easiest one. And I'm not even asking, you know, for a comm director who is coming from Harvard and has 20 years of experience. You actually sure. need just some young people having handy all the facts, knowing they can call HR because today's HR is the big topic. Tomorrow call somebody from the AI team tomorrow, the next day call somebody else. But you need just one, and, and it doesn't have to be a person that has the pretension to manage Elon. I don't want anybody to change anything with Elon. The guy is brilliant and he's out there and he's the genius of the century. But grab what he's throwing out there that has an impact on Tesla and give it context, factual detail, and then have that hardcore legal team behind it. Because if with that information, the press still does what Reuters did last week, well, then you have the fact that now the lawyers can run with it and say, look, you have misinterpreted again, well, we're, we're suing you. Yeah. So you, you view it as a very, as a very low hanging fruit. Like this should be very low effort, low investment, like yeah. overnight, you should be able about to money. this. This is just yeah. about wanting to do it. And, and mm. why should he do it? It's because you have to address the green crowd, which he usually doesn't address at all. These people are sitting there and they are there when we need them for support. When government comes in, look at the, the story in, te in, in Texas where um, Texas buyers won't get the subsidies of Texas state for Teslas because Teslas don't have dealerships there, right? I mean, the story quickly died, fair enough, but that would have been a good story to actually explain more in detail to the general crowd that a stupid old law in Texas is actually counterproductive to Texas consumers. You could have made something out of that, given food for articles pro Tesla, or at least pro change of legislation in, in Texas, and it's just got a, a lost opportunity again. Mm. Do you, I mean, do you think this is just a result of, of having an engineer running the company and perhaps because, because I'm trying to like, you know, I think if I'm trying to put myself in his shoes, perhaps the, the thought process is, well, uh, I know I'm doing everything 
you know, Elon talks about how he's always obsessed with the truth, obsessed with the truth and that that's all he's going to focus on. And the company's mission is very clear. Every action that the company takes should speak for itself. The product speaks for itself. The community speaks for itself. So it's kind of like laying out the groundwork that says, hey, this is who we are. Take it or leave it, you know, and perhaps yes. the, I, he's that and, kind and of person. It is, yeah. yeah, he's that type of person, very typical for the blue crowd. And yeah. while you address the blue crowd, that works perfectly well. They get it. They they are even with you. The the blue crowd will tell you, you know, this is wonderful. Mm. One characteristic of the blues is that they think they're superior to the other three. Now, obviously, mm. I'm in the other three, so I think they're not. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah. I, actually, it's another. funny you say that because I have I have quite a few engineer friends, and I would agree. <laughs> and, and you they know, one, specific, I actually use this. Yeah. I use this tool a lot. I, I do business coaching. I do business coaching to immigration lawyers. I'm com okay. completely at the subject. What the heck? But but typically, lawyers are in the green field, right? And they have another problem: is they can't communicate with the other types. When an artist comes, they don't know what to do with the artist. When one of those Blubbly people like me come, they don't know how to manage them. And so I have to train these lawyers and their paralegals and, and, and all the stuff around it, how to address the other three parts of the, the world. But anyway, so the blue people, once you understand this color coding stuff and you walk in the world and you see somebody is blue, you straight away know that that's their their flaw, right? That mm. they just think all the other three, what the heck, get used to it, do your homework and you will learn. That's not how it works. These people, and, and especially it doesn't work for those that you need in those other three color groups. Yeah. Um, I do believe Elon has been slammed hard by the press. And I think he just gave up on them and thinks, yeah. what the heck? Uh, I think he tried until the end of 2019 for, for a long time and just thought, well, whatever good I give you, you are always distorting it. And I just wish he goes back to trying because Tesla 2022 is not anymore te Tesla 2017 to 2019 when it was still a, str a struggle and had to be confirmed. Um, there are now 110,000 employees, not 20 or 30,000. There are now three continents and, and there's nearly no country in the world where no Teslas are driven anymore. So there is some more effort. What he does for Fremont or in his head for Fremont has an impact in Berlin has an impact in Shanghai. So there's stuff that needs to just be clarified. I don't want anybody to spin it. I just yeah. want people to, to list the facts, make sure the language is more comprehensive than a 140 or 280 character tweet and bring some context, reassure those that need to be reassured, puts the weight on those because I, I saw I saw your interview last week. I think it was with Warren. I don't know. I don't remember. But where, where you discussed that, you know, this is actually a good wake up call because some people will leave Tesla and it's normal that they will leave. There is a, a cycle and oh, sure. that has to be renewed. I completely yeah. agree with everything yeah. on that. It's just the only thing that I feel is missing is from the tweet to all these other actors. There needs to be facts clearly stated. And somebody needs to pick up the phone. I hear from all these press people, because press people come back to me, they suddenly have the hope that somebody, you know, may bring up some change. They are frustrated. When they call it Tesla, they call Martin's number. And Martin is IR, he's not press. So he's not the right person for them to, you know, to be called back or to give a statement. So if you already have this fact sheet out there, and again, it could be a blog post, don't call it PR if that, or don't call it a press release if that's the issue. 
but it, it will answer three quarters of our questions. And at least the articles have to also name that part. And that may mm. clear up lots of the noise. Do you think that the move to put together that hardcore legal team that he was talking about, it's his attempt to try and get to the root of a problem of just trying to prevent any of this from happening in the first place? How do you think about that? Yeah, I, I hope it would be that easy. And I, I would hope that would be great, right? But I just think that if the hardcore legal team has to argue, here is the tweet, here is your article, we want to sue you for that article. And there was nothing in the middle that they have little basis for suing, right? I hope, I really hope this hardcore legal team will happen. And I do also think it will actually prevent just straight away some of the articles. A journalist will now think twice, thinking, oh my God, maybe he will sue me in, if, I, if I go too far. So that's a good thing. But if that legal team isn't quickly put in place or and or, and it's actually and, there is no fact sheet that he should have referred to that journalist. It still leaves the door quite open, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, it also depends on the outcome of Twitter. I'd love for Elon to buy Twitter, but it put him obviously a target, not only in the front, but also on the back of his, of his body. Sure, sure. What do you think about... Um Perhaps this doesn't happen unless Elon, whenever he decides to step down as CEO and says he gets more into a more engineering type role, closer to what SpaceX is, where you have shot well at president. Like, do you ever foresee this happening under, because I, I agree, it, it should be a very easy thing. It sounds very easy. It sounds very, very, it really does. But I wonder if it's just something that he's completely just non-negotiable on because of some of the points that, you know, we've made is, and you've made is like, maybe he's just fed up. He like, doesn't want to deal with that anymore. He wants to put in the lawyer team to try and prevent the, the things from even happening. And he's not going to bend on it unless he, until he, you know, steps down and then whoever comes in then implements that sort of process. What do you think about that? Do you think this is just a lost cause until he decides to I step mean, down? I hope he doesn't leave Tesla quickly. I, I actually, I love his genius and, and I love that he's still CEO, but he has said at lots of occasions that he never wanted to be CEO. Right. It was just by lack of finding anybody really appropriate and that he's doing actually CEO work that is the last thing he likes doing yep. so the, the question is who would be a good one the, the the feeling i get a little bit and this is really only gut feeling and i haven't done enough research for it to be knowledgeable but i do have the feeling that the people you know in his board of directors and all the others none of them are groomed to become a ceo i have the feeling all, each of them has their technical division or their financial division or whatever it is to to look after but none of them is the um intuitive future number two, maybe soon number one, while Elon has a more technical role or a more consulting role or whatever. Um, so it would have to be somebody from outside. And I just, I, I can't see it, right? I, I mean, obviously I have no clue who, who might be out there, but uh, it, Elon comes as a package deal, right? Um, right. It's the, the genius, but it's also the awkwardness and the dominance and the fact that there's maybe nobody else who publicly can stand up to it. And while I love SpaceX and the way it's set up, um, he's also the press speaker for, for SpaceX, right? It's True. him that you hear. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it will be easy to solve. And I'm actually surprised that the problem exists, right? I, I, I mean, we all know why it exists, but, but like, like you said, it, it seems so easy, such low fruit. If just get rid of it. Why do you yeah. need to use 
Tesla to be the ball in all this other communication, because that would also separate Elon tweets that are personal, right? Him endorsing Caruso to become Los Angeles mayor, well, that's personal and has nothing to do with Tesla. And Tesla would never comment on that. And if there would be somebody sitting at Tesla and the journalist calling, would say, you know what, that's nothing to do with us. Uh, that's his business. But yeah. when the tweet concerns Tesla, well, then there is a fact sheet, then there is a detailed comment, and uh, and that would just separate the two roles he has. I mean, again, I don't want to stop any of his tweeting. I love it. I'm actually yeah. addicted to it, right? But uh, <laughs> but, but I just yeah, but I just yeah. wanna I just wanna limit the damage it can do to Tesla because it's sure. it's unnecessary. It's so completely unnecessary. Yeah, it does seem like one of the things that I've sort of learned a little bit about Elon having been at Tesla is that I don't think Tesla becomes Tesla unless Elon is a master delegator of sorts, you know, because he has, he surrounded himself with extremely talented people. For example, like the, the world that I lived in in Tesla, you know, we, we essentially helped build out an entire distribution network from scratch and Elon's involvement was zero and he just trusted the entire team to figure it out. And, you know, he's doing the same thing with many different parts of Tesla and you know, it's, it's so many different pieces. So it's curious to like, like, I think the question becomes why hasn't Elon decided to delegate out PR? You know, it's, it's, it's such an interesting sort of thought exercise because like, like why does he want control of that? So it, it's almost like, why does he, why doesn't he want anyone to control it? I guess is, it's the better question. And I well, think let that's, me, let me, this is a helpful let me conversation. One thing. I think yeah. PR is impossible. I don't think Elon would ever be on board and I don't actually think he should be on board for PR in the traditional way, meaning, you know, um, yeah. this when I totally, say PR, I mean the sort of like clean communication of stuff that's exactly, going on. Exactly. Yeah. I think we have to be very clear of what we want from him. Yes. What we want from him is clear communication when it comes to Tesla. He puts out his tweet, and I actually think there is lots of benefit of him being sometimes brutal in his in his tweets because it just gives this electroshock to everybody that we're back to work or we're back to, you know, being valued, maybe gotten rid of or whatever it just brings everything back together and has this has this muscle moment right yeah. um but but if we just ask for clean communication in the minutes or short hours after a tweet is out so that the press at least cannot pretend that they can misinterpret it and there's nobody who's ever cleaned it up that would just bring the whole noise level further yeah. down do you think that has contributed at all to Tesla's recent stock movements versus the rest of the market? Mm -hmm. How do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, I, I mean, the whole Twitter thing for me, while I love the idea, certainly weighing heavily on, on, on Tesla first because he had to sell some stock, which is done, which was done quickly, which is good, rather than dragging it out like in December. That was another... <gasps> <laughs> Not sure the cleverest way of doing it. Um, so so the, 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 that obviously kept on it. And then the macro market is bad. And whenever the market is minus one, Tesla is minus two, right? Just because it has a, bit of, a, a bigger beta. And whenever there are good news, you just feel, oh, there comes another tweet or there comes another something. And <laughs> like we are, right? Plus six, minus seven. And, uh, and, and so... The whole movement comes in a market that is already stressed out just because of macroeconomic uh, reasons. Him saying, or maybe he didn't actually say how bad he feels about the economy, because I don't know, I never saw that original email, right? right. That one that, that Reuter preferred to. But I mean, 
feeling super bad about the economy is obviously something where everybody first goes, oh, what's that now? Let's sell, right? And yeah. and when you have so much day trading and when you have so many other forces against you, and I mean, let's just face it, there are lots of forces against Elon now. And then Tesla is the most liquid stock to to um, play it out. Yeah. Do you th do you think there might be a case where Elon is underestimating just how much influence he has over markets? Yeah, how much influence and how many enemies he has. I don't mm. think he has a clue how many people hate him, mm. which is unbelievable. Because I, I mean, I, if you if you look into the guy for half an hour, you can only love him, right? Yeah, right. But yeah. Uh, but that's just it. I mean, he is shaking up things that are working very well, and I'm currently working on the ESG rating scam. And okay. I'm quite far ahead. I hope I will publish that in the next couple of days. But what they are trying, and when I mean they, it's really the establishment. And it's not only America. This goes to the World Economic Forum. This goes to quite a lot of institutional and money. You have no idea, billions and trillions of money that they're trying to lock into this ESG rating scam. And he's obviously not having it. And they made a mistake by throwing Tesla out because that's just, you know, that has drawn the attention to it. And people like me now look into it much more and realize what a scam it is. Um, but if he continues being outspoken against ESG, they're on the other side, huge players. The Bill Gates story is no coincidence. Bill Gates being short on Tesla is no coincidence. And Bill Gates can be found in that whole ESG line again and again and again and again. So there is stuff happening. Let's not be naive. It's really big politics and it's powerful. Wow. So th mm. there's been a lot of conversations around that in the community for a little while, how, you know, Elon is, you know, is, he's he's always been shaking the tree. You know, he's he goes against the grain. He, you know, he he makes enemies when he's doing his thing. And there's this, you know, I remember when like back 2017, 2018, I've been invested in this since 12, since 2012. But I remember the whole thing was like the oil lobby is going to be pissed off. And I remember the FUD attacks in 17, 18, 19, and all these things that may or may not have been funded by a different party, whatever. But now I think what's very interesting, and you alluded to this, that Tesla 2022 is a different monster than Tesla 2017 or 2019, where the the uh, influence of the company and the disruption to not just electric vehicles, but entire industries and economies and ways of valuing these things are being shooken up to the core. And these are yeah. people that are part of those industries that have a lot of influence, a lot of power, a lot of money, and they're not going to go down just be like, yeah, okay, go ahead, Elon. That's all yours. They're no, not no, going to no. do that, and, right? And <laughs> exactly. And, and add to that energy as a whole, right? Energy sure. is huge. Energy is biggest capitalizations on this world. And then add to it that we're now in the Ukraine war, Russia, gas, petrol. So there's lots of stuff happening, right? Him delivering Stalin to Ukraine, heroic, but just another target on his back. Now he already had, right? I don't know how many targets on his back, but there is another one. Um, the Twitter thing, for me, the free speech is so important and I'm so happy he's tackling that, but they're not gonna go down. I mean, they have, the, the US media and the worldwide media, because it all plugs in, right? Um, has been very cozy in how they determine what's today's subject, what we're shoveling under the rug, what uh, we want to promote and what we don't want to promote. Now, if suddenly there would be the marketplace of free speech, Twitter, their whole model falls to pieces. 
if there is Twitter who is more honest, less censorship, just lets it all stream, even if it's just natural stream, that is going against all the other social media platforms, but all against the media as a whole, the whole press, everything. Twitter will become, and that's why it's so important he would go through, but that's why he's also such a target. Now, energy is the second subject. Now, so media, that's a problem, energy. But for me, what's even much more worrying, just because I hate government so much, um, is all the regulators. So it's mm-hmm. the rating agencies, but it's also this whole spider web, how money is flown, the whole benchmark business. You know, when a fund, lots of these ETFs now says we're tracking the S&P 500 or the S&P 500 ESG, they have to pay licensing fees to S&P. This is one of the big sources of income. So more assets are under management in a fund that's an S&P 500 tracker, more licensing fees go to these rating agencies. Now, let's think about it. What does that mean? That means that actually S&P is the asset manager, because by S&P determining who is in the S&P 500. You certainly remember how it was when Tesla got included and it came much too late, right? All their boxes were ticked for lots of quarters prior to them finally making up their mind. Well, that's a deliberate manipulation of the whole market because by saying, okay, finally we're giving in, there's too much noise, we have to to let them in into the index, that means that all these funds now have to buy. And that's what made the whole stock price increase then, um, the the Tesla stock. So this whole construct they're setting up on steering where money is allocated and also with ESG, again, it it will become much clearer once I'm through with preparing my slides. But this is all done to lock in people, to make them handcuffed on what they communicate, how much data they deliver to S&P, haha, um, how they answer certain questions, whether they pay the rating fees, ah, surprise. Um, and so this whole system works because so many players play it. Play so many, oh, let me give you an example, which I, I was gonna spare for my presentation, but let's give you exclusivity Please. on it. So when S&P does these ESG ratings, they actually have four or five different times of rating. And one thing they publish, which is called the yearbook. And in the yearbook, they give gold medals and silver medals and bronze medals to the best of us. And they do that by sector, right? And so they have the automobile sector. So who do you think in the latest yearbook won the gold medal in the automobile sector? Definitely not Tesla. I can tell you that. No. Now give me a now give me a guess who would be a, the leader. I'm giving you a good indicator. Uh, Volkswagen. No, no GM. 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 Yeah, of course. There you go. Uh, Mary Gold Barra. Medal. How can I forget? Oh my God. <laughs> there you go. Gold yeah. medal together with Hyundai. Hyundai got it for the, the the global market, and they got it for the U.S. market. Wow. Okay. So that that just shows it all where we are with the ESG ratings, and they're trying to do with these ESG ratings what they did 30, 40 years ago with credit ratings. You couldn't issue any debt without going through that loophole of of, uh, going through rating agencies and paying them the bribe. And uh, sorry, the money to rate them. Um, (laughs) And and, and now they are trying the same with ESG. That's exactly what they're doing. And they're doing it with lots of worldwide institutions that go all the way level up to that Davos World Economic Forum, who has set up special structure called ESSB to look after all. I mean, I've been working for it for now a couple of weeks. It's horrendous. 
Wow. Horrendous. And so there you come, Don Quixote, our Elon in person, saying, I'm not taking any of this. So you think he's making friends? I that's I mean, you make such good points. It's 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 hard to it's it's hard to argue. It it almost seems like the 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 man is oh I don't know if he's accidentally or on purpose on a mission to try mm -hmm. and somehow either uncover or or disrupt or just uh, uh, destroy this sort of uh, longstanding uh, way of doing business in the world almost like because there's because this is where all the this is where all the money is it seems like you know I'm not I'm not exactly. I'm not really tied into that world at all but it, yeah, it sounds that's like that's it. you know so, and locking it up and i can tell you and there are some of the big big players out there and i'm currently accumulating all the proofs and it's actually good because me speaking out about it people reach me and talk and i'm like i mean uh, crazy stuff crazy 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 stuff i mean you remember those the period with the flamethrower i yeah. just wish he could use that to just <laughs> burn them all out, all out right <laughs> It's like uh, and, you ever watched the Batman movie with the Joker with the huge pile of money? He just yeah. like lights it on fire. <laughs> Man, I mean, that's that's like how how do you not make every single enemy in the world when you're really, really disrupting that much on mm -hmm. Earth? You know, yeah. I wonder, do you think do you think that people close to him are talking to him about this kind of stuff? Like, do you, do you think he's hearing this sort of narrative and this sort of? Uh, I hope. Like, I hope yeah. Larry Elder does. Okay. Um, you know, it, it also takes. I, mean, I don't want to put myself on the pedestal at all, right? But it takes a little bit that experience of having been a fund manager, having been in those rating agencies, to see what's happening. Um, because if you haven't seen it from the inside, how manipulated this all is. Uh, and if you now don't put the dots together, and again, I, I, even me doing it now, I, I mean, some evenings I'm just sitting there, wow, you know, can I even say that? You know, do I want to put myself in the position of throwing this all out there? Because, you know, who am I? I'm sitting here in Santa Barbara doing You're gonna green start making for entrepreneurs. <laughs> to, exactly. Exactly. What, what do I need to be the hero now? I, I, I'm not sure, right? But it, but, but somebody needs to do it. And I mean, if that can be my little contribution to help him, you know, yeah. I, again, I don't know yet whether I'll do a video of 10 minutes just summing it all up because it needs so much explaining that I feel that I can't just do it in a couple of tweets, right? That, right. That's one of my big things the last two or three days. Okay, so I'm, I know where I want to bring this. I know my conclusions. But how do I make this understand to somebody who hears this all for the first time? Do I need to do a sort of an educational video about it? That would be big for me to to prepare because that's a lot of work or do I just do a couple of slides but then people may not understand what I'm trying to to get over I mean I think I think if, if I think doing a some sort of video would probably be the best way to like if I'm thinking about that same sort of example of the four colors like how like mm -hmm. what are the things you can do to to ensure that the majority of the audience is able to digest the information because it's this is complicated stuff like i i understand yeah. it at the surface but i'm nowhere near as deep into it as as you are obviously and i think having some sort of way to really follow it very easily it's gonna it's gonna help a lot of people yeah. but obviously if you have the bandwidth right I, I mean i know you're extremely busy and you have stuff going on so it's like it's one of those things that you depends know it, how much, it's, it's really yeah. funny it's become it's become a priority in my life now i mean okay. don't get me wrong i have my clients and i love fighting for their green cards and that's that's my job but sure it, it becomes an obsession because you, you 
you understand how badly Elon and hence Tesla are treated. And again, this is not about the stock price. I'm in here for the next 10 years. I'm right. working. I, I don't need the, the immediate money. Uh, but it is true that when you see how bad they are treated, you want to help. You want to bring your bucket to the to the game. Um, but it is very time, time intensive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can take all the help I can get. And that's why I'm jumping on when you said you want to come on. I said, yeah, I'm jumping no, this on is it, great. Right? I mean, I love, I love the fact that we're so like, it, it, I love the fact that we're having this conversation because this is what this is making me sort of more uh, confident in is that I had a gut feel for the longest time. I've had a gut feel that, that there is going to be a time in Tesla's growth trajectory where they're going to face you know, when you think 2017, 2018, 2019, FUD and anti-Tesla stuff or where it was going, if they really get to the point like we talked about where they're going to become this massive player on the world economy, like this is just the beginning. <laughs> this is, it appears like this is just the beginning. And, and you know, 2017 to 2019, they have the hope still to kill it. And yeah. they didn't manage, no matter yeah. how bad it is. Now they know they can't kill it anymore and they get more furious. It is much, what, what can happen now is much worse but can be toned down if at yeah. least we get the basics out. What do you think about the, what, what about a potential future where, you know, you can, if you can't beat them, join them? Do you, because, you know, if, if in the end, if a lot I'm of these not folks, with Elon. I mean, he will never do that. And Elon? I'm so proud of him that he won't because. I mean, the I mean, other way around. I mean, I mean, they will join Elon. I mean, the other way around. Not that Elon would join them. I mean, what it would take is actually destructuring quite a lot of things they've put in place. You know, never underestimate government. And the, the, the cutest form is what they call PPP, private, um, public-private partnerships. Mm. That's that's where it all it all comes together. That that's the scariest part. But anyway, it is um, it's not easy to demantle. Uh, I think there's actually a big threat to democracy in a lot of countries that don't even realize yet. So if you think there may be a threat to democracy, how easy would it be for a single man, even with his Tesla army in the back, to demantle all the FUD that is against him? Now, what may work for him is um, that the transition to electric cars, to um, Tesla becoming a big energy player, and to all these things actually happens despite it, right? By growth, you force them to accept that you exist and you don't you don't go away anymore, right? And and so there may be an opening, whatever. But where I really am afraid, I had this discussion before, is whether FSD will really become federally available. You know, and I always hear the the, the counter argument. Let's see, once it works in Florida, New York cannot say they don't do it anymore, right? Well, uh, wait and see. I'm 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 quite skeptical on you know how easy that will become, but it is becoming a subject. So what does that mean? Let's say FSD becomes available as a robot taxi function in Florida, but not in I don't know Georgia. Mm -hmm. So a robot taxi has to stop at the at the border between Florida and Georgia. Mm. See, right. see, I mean that's the whole problem with the federal state in America. So it could never do a long haul just because it would get out of the state. What's that? I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just I, I'm still surprised at the fact that that something like a U.S. government isn't isn't just hitching the ride on on, on Tesla as, as hard as they should because of stuff like this, right? That if 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 they, which again, kind of like 
place towards the I just I have this feeling that everything's freaking corrupt. <laughs> I can't I, I can't get, I can't get past it. Is. It is. It's not and a I, feeling. It and is. I'm trying to like I'm trying so hard to not uh like like fall into this camp like i'm trying to be very logical and i'm trying to be very open-minded and i'm trying to take stuff step by step but the the deeper i get into it the more i talk to people like yourself the more i really think through why the certain things aren't hot happening and i'm like this is this can't be ignorance at this point it just oh, no. can't be ignorance it oh, has no. to be premeditated yeah. it has to be done on purpose you know yeah, it is man it is it is, and they're coming from all sides. And him getting in the political arena and wanting to buy Twitter tripled the people coming from all sides. And so do you think he did the, the whole Twitter purchase? Do you think that was in an effort to try and begin the process of decorruption? Or do you think it's yeah. two separate? You, you think it's part oh, of that? Yeah, clearly. I mean, he needs a Walk platform. Walk me through that. Yeah. He needs, uh, he needs a, in my view, he needs a platform where he's sure that his message gets out uncensored. Because if you see, I mean, you may be pro or against Trump, but the simple fact that the president of the United States isn't on no social media platform right. allowed anymore is just absolutely unthinkable, right? Yeah. Whether you're for or against him, you, you they shut the guy up, right? Yeah. So what would happen if somebody, I don't even know whether they're sitting in Davos or in Washington, or whatever, turns to switch on Elon and says, he's not acceptable anymore. Turn, take him off, turn him off. Man. What then? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had this sort of, uh, my, my initial uh, thought process around uh, the Twitter acquisition, I thought that it was per perhaps a some sort of obviously he talks about the freedom of speech angle and all that stuff like that. But initially, I thought that it was more of a uh, like an AI safety play in a way to try and get exposed to the algorithms that are driving uh, society's discussions and how mm -hmm. echo chambers can really break down civilization slowly over time by pitting mm -hmm. people against each other. And all you know, that's true. You know, all that's so, true. Oh, okay. that's true. But I think above all, it's also him being able to be heard. Hmm. Which makes sense, which makes sense. You know, I, mean, I think it, may, it makes a lot of sense when we, man, what a, I'm just so mind blown right now. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Did I give you no, a headache? No, please. No, this is great. This, these are all, these are all gut feelings that I've had that I, I've been having a tough time verbalizing and trying to figure out if it was actually true or not, and to have someone like like yourself who has been exposed to that world a little bit, uh, at least a lot bit. I mean, you, you really were part of Moody's and you were part of the rating agencies and really were exposed to the to how the sausage was made. And you have sort of that financial background and it really helps, it helps me put into context exactly what's what's going on. So, so let me ask you this hypothetical question. What do you think happens here in the next 12 months? Like if you're gonna put Tesla and Elon, what if, like, what do you, th yeah, what do you think is going to happen in the next 12 months, given where we are now? Now, let me explain that in two phases. One Please. is my personal investments. I only have 2024 leaps and stock. I okay. did usually do shorter options. I'm not doing any of those at the moment for macroeconomic reasons, but also because I think the headwind for Tesla is going to be horrible. When I have cash, happened yesterday, just because, you know, the accounts of my company knew how much I could take myself out again, I buy stock and that's it. I have my couple of leaps that I wanted to have for 2024 and I'm comfortable with them. I have them at a strike of 900. That's still a strike I'm very comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So um, do I know what all these bad actors will do the next 12 months for Elon? I don't know, but I have this 
I mean, this may sound funny, but I have this motherly feeling I want to protect him, right? Sure. So when I wrote my when I wrote my thread that's still pinned, it was really I felt like, guy, you're putting yourself out there a lot. And you will get burned, and we don't need you burned. We need you as strong and as possible. And then I reasoned myself. I said, come on, Alexandra, come back to your little place. You're not his mom. You don't need to protect him. You don't need to go all there. But, but you see, it, I mean, I think we all have so much admiration for the guy yeah. that, sorry to call him the guy, but he's also a guy. Yeah. Um, we, have, we have so much admiration for him that there's just this overload of, of love and protection. We want to, you know, want to make sure we can do our part. Now, what I do hope is, that he understands there are a few quick fixes that will bring the noise level a bit down and that actually his message will be better heard if he brings that noise level down. If he lets himself run into all these open subjects, he will fight too many wars at a time. Now, you have to also choose which war you want to win now. And if you fight on all fronts all the time, you you lose focus. Not focus for Tesla. I mean, Tesla is you, you're better place than me, but Tesla is working and improving yeah. daily on such a rapid pace that I'm not worried about Tesla as a business, not a second, but just him being focused in the messages he wants to get out and he needs to get out. He's, he's actually my only hope in this world. I can tell you in terms of cleaning it up. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, again, we can come back to Trump. He certainly did what his voters hoped he would do is disrupt a lot of the political messaging, whether you supported it or not is a completely other subject, but he, he had some merit of disrupting. Elon does it on every front, not only political. Yeah. Do you do you ever worry about his health and like well-being with it? Like if forget the attacks, but like the the amount of I don't know if I don't even know if he feels the stress of what yeah. he's going through right now. Like, do you crazy, does, right? Does that ever cross your mind about like, man, this yeah. guy might freaking? Yeah, I mean, I, I, to, I just yeah. hope he's in good health and I hope he knows how to preserve it. It's funny, somebody asked the other day on Twitter to everybody, not not only to me, what would you do if you have one hour of, of Elon's attention? And spontaneously, I thought the same thing that I still think now 10 days later. I just want to invite him for a good dinner and have him relax, having yeah. good food. Just, you know, no questions about anything. Just relax, be happy, want to talk. Kids want to talk, whatever you want, don't, don't matter. Yeah. Just no, don't have to redo the world in an hour again. Just it's it's all okay. We're watching your videos. We're understanding your message. You don't need to talk to me about it. Just relax and let us know what you want to eat and drink and let's have a good time. Yeah. Did you see that one interview of uh, May, uh, his mom, that uh, I think she said something along the lines of, you know, I because they were talking about the Twitter thing. I think it was at the Met Gala. And May is like, you know, I did tell him to not not to try and change the world, but he just keeps doing it or something along those lines, yeah. you know. And I'm yeah. like, wow, like that seemed a lot more sincere than than a joke. Yeah. Like, I think she yeah. actually means it. You know, it's like. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I can completely you know. feel that. I, I, I you know. When you have children, you want them to do good and you want to encourage them to do as much good. But at one moment, you also need to preserve them. And, and it must be actually tough for her to, to, to see everything he wants to do. And it's all good. You know, that none of yeah. those missions are in any way criticizable. But you intuitively feel that this is too much. This is too much on the shoulders of a single man. And, you know, just give yourself some slack. You don't need to change it all yourself try to find allies, try to build this up in, in a more constructed manner. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. And I, and I think that's the one thing you alluded to is that I think that's why the Tesla community is so is so willing to fight for him because I think all mm-hmm. of us feel this in some way, you know? And we're like, you know, like you're doing all these great things. It's so admirable, but we can tell that you may need a little bit of backup. So, you know, that's why we have the FUD fighters. You know, that's why we had all the Twitter folks and all the YouTube folks and everybody really around the community that's coming together around this man who's And who's this really, is so unique. It's, I mean, I've never, never seen see it before. Never. I mean, either. This is this never. is crazy. And I've always been very sensitive to, you know, to trends and stuff moving. And some of it I could join and some of it I, I would never. But, but I've never seen anything like that. And so much... You know, emotion, positive emotion. I don't know whether yeah. it's always love, but if there's, we all want to help, and we may not all agree on how to do it, but we all know we want to help. Yeah, so much passion. There's so much passion in this community. It's crazy, and 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 I got to experience it firsthand during that Giga Texas week too. You know, as a as a part of the community, because I I always had an inkling. You know, the online community is super super strong, and the, the reason why I found the company in the first place was because of a forum back in 2012, and Dave Lee was posting on it, and I got to discover the forum. Then I got to work at the company, and then I came out of it, and then we go to that Giga Texas week, and I see it with my own two eyes. The other people that are just as passionate about Tesla than I am, I'm like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever. Experience in my life that one of the greatest things ever but it's to your point it's so weird it's so it unique. is it is and, and you know i actually that was the reason i didn't want to come um <laughs> and, and you may actually help me overcome that i was like you know it's one thing having my twitter image and you know posting my 10 tweets a day and having so many yeah. people like it or hate it or whatever but that that's that, that's one thing and then i thought oh my god but showing myself right the first video was the same you know getting in touch with these is it real so tell me is it real it's real it's real and and i'll tell you that the the thing that's even driving me closer to the to like the camp of like there's never been anything like this ever is even even within the little community that i'm starting to build on my channel we have a discord and my patreons who've supported the channel which i'm extremely thankful for like i i get to talk to these folks on a very regular basis and we have these community forums every friday where where we record videos together and we put it out and with every single one of them i'm like man like if i've met this person and and like this person in real life before I met him for this, I would vibe with them and be their friends like that, like immediate. It's like there's just this crazy connection between the- But even for uh, old people like me? What do you mean talking about old people? Everybody, everybody, (laughs) come on, get out of here. Everybody. Everybody, Thank everybody you. is is such a it is really such a beautiful thing. It's 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 the first time you know, it's always there's this whole saying around, you know, like, like, in the end, ideas win in the end, these are the things that are really important in life. And this is like a, a very unique community that I'm finding a lot of people who really are just trying to move society forward in the best way they can, in the most honest way they can, with essentially, from what I can gather, most of the people with zero, like with zero bad intent, or with with trying to take advantage of the situation. People mm-hmm. are honest, trying to move society forward and they found this person an Elon that appears to be a the leader in, in a public setting who is yeah. against the grain and is really trying to he's be, almost becoming like a voice for the everyday person that really wants to make change happen and every time he gets uh, into these uh, quote-unquote fights with say establishments or or uh, or things that are 
at the very least, uh, not correct, and at the worst, uh, very corrupt, right? Like it's, you can't help but get behind them. And then you have all these people around that you can talk about it with, and we're all like sharing the ideas and and really talking about like why this is so important. And you can't help but feel like this is the this is the weirdest, greatest thing ever. And it's, exactly. it's hard, it is. And it, you know, so genuine, right? It is yes. so good hearted yes. that, uh, and and then the one thing I'm always careful because. People outside of the sphere that look at us go, oh, it's a cult, right? Oh, this yeah. is a cult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm like, this is not a cult. I mean, the, the, I can criticize the guy I just did earlier, right? I, right. I told you what, what can still be improved. It's on the margin, but why not? Um, it's not a cult. And why no. is it not a cult? Because this is not about religion. This is not about something fictitious that, you know, somebody wants to pretend there is an afterlife or there is something, whatever. This right. is real life. And it's actually, he's actually more real than much of the other corrupt stuff that has been built up pretending it's real. Yeah. And so a cult would have an element to it that's building up a fantasy. There is no fantasy here. This is right. all real. I mean, the whole the whole basis of the community is based around the fact that you should always look at things, you know, from a first principles perspective, you're always mm -hmm. trying to solve, you're always trying to be less wrong. And like the mm -hmm. idea here is to really try to put your best effort to figure out exactly what is going on and, and be open about talking about ideas freely. The whole free speech yeah. thing reinforces that idea. So it just seems like, it just seems like everything is based on 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 correct things you know and and mm -hmm. it, of course there are flaws in you know the, the whole communication thing we talked about but these are very minor things compared to like the whole the whole okay. uh movement almost like i don't even know how to describe it and it's like I, I always tell everybody that i'm always afraid like i've stopped bringing up tesla elon or anything like that the, i'm never the first person that brings it up ever ever <laughs> i, I heard only you talk say that about to him yeah. yesterday i know and and us it's the same so, so we were driving back from vegas we had to come back early uh and we were six hours in the car my husband me that's the the brilliant moment right when when you've had lots of children you've cherish those moments when you have your partner a couple of hours by yourself in a car is just and in a Tesla sure. is obviously better so so we were talking about that which we're like you know us we live and breathe tesla right that every day there is not one day but as soon as we're with a third person that we don't know whether it's pro or con uh, against it we will yeah. never bring the subject yeah. up anymore. just jump <laughs> <laughs> Look yeah. at each other like, don't you stop? <laughs> <laughs> well, the weather is kind of warm today. What did you do? Exactly. Like, like, like oh, no. oh my god, that was such an excellent lunch. You know, it, it's funny because I, I know sometimes with my wife, I, I'll uh, you know, because I, I obviously my channel is is Tesla centric, Elon centric, and all that stuff. And and even with my with my wife, I'll, I'll like find myself talking to her about Tesla and Elon, and she does that too as well. But like sometimes she'll be like, okay, can we talk about something else? Like, can, can we like talk about something else? Can we switch to topic? Here, but I'm like, you don't get it. Like, freaking, this is what happened. And she's like, let's, let's talk about something else. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? I've done with my kids. My kids is actually yeah. funny because there are Tesla fans, and then there are also the less Tesla fans who are driving yeah. Subarus. Shame on us. <laughs> um, but but uh, I've learned with the kids as well, just there's no point. You know, you can't mm. convince somebody. I think right. everybody has to grow into that. And I mean, I only know about Tesla for two years now. So, you know, you're all, when I look at you, 10 years, I'm like, wow, uh, how wonderful and how early and how, you know, what a good understanding you had. When we came in 2014 to the US, my husband absolutely wanted an electric car. We bought a BMW um, i3, that little thing, mm. right? Cute car. Mm. I mean, we're very ecological, very uh, electric car. So we had that for 
two, three years. Then we we wanted to change, but the M3, I was on the waiting list, but it wasn't available. We needed the car. So we changed to the Bolt. Now, shame on me, right? But there we go. And it was actually a decent car. I mean, it was nothing to do, whatever. And then this one came up in the middle of COVID and we were able to change it to an M3. And three months later, we also bought the MY just because we, I mean, that that was it. Um, And the moment I had my butt in it, test driving it in March, which is the lowest moment in the stock at that moment, March 2022, I came back from the Tesla store and that was it. You know, full believer. And and so I do believe there is still so many people to be convinced, but it's so easy to convince them. Just put them in the car. I've convinced so many people since we have um, the best friends. Our best friends are 70 and 80. Really, you know, above boomers and uh, and and, uh, they met us last time we were in vegas we went to the supercharger together they saw the the, an x-plaid we talked to the owners of the x-plaid there they have since ordered a y performance and an x-plaid right 70 and 80 and and they they're waiting for it every day i get a message because he follows me now on twitter and he goes oh a couple of more days a couple more days and then i'll have it and she's gonna watch this and he'll say i saw the shout out to me but that's (laughs) but you see all it takes for us is get those people sit in a Tesla or try one or, or, or gas prices going even higher. So the good thing is, the good news is, is actually the product itself and the company are performing so well that yeah. that is the strongest support for Elon, right? His mission is well advanced. It's still not done for sure not, but it's well advanced. I also am very hopeful on the bot. I think the bot is going to change a lot of other things bring new enemies to the table, but he will be there. And and I think Tesla's AI is exactly what is needed for these bots. So I'm I'm very positive on a lot of things, but will there be lots of fighting going on? Yes, there will. Yeah. And we better don't have any illusion about this. Yeah, you know, for sure. For sure. I think I think the the old adage of uh, you know, the more Tesla's uh tesla sales the more teslas tesla sales you know yeah. so like the more cars are out there the more people will see them and test drive them and the more they're going to sell the hertz deal i think was a brilliant move it's, it was almost like a marketing move in a way because you're expanding the pool of people that can get into a tesla i'm wondering if uh elon will ever release the they've talked about the tesla network at some point where it's like an uber like network with teslas mm-hmm. i mean I, I know they've talked about it within the context of a robo taxi network but i'm wondering if they'll you know maybe they'll use that as a way to say it's like an uber com- competition and it's only tesla owners and tesla drivers yeah. but but It'll maybe you charge yeah. and you give a cut to the driver but if you use mm-hmm. full self-driving maybe i don't know you get a bigger cut i have no idea there, there might i'm yeah. sure there's different ways of incentivizing it but it's it's really just mind, mind-blowing to see that that growth and yeah it, it's it's a very exciting time let me let me hit you with one more topic before we wrap up um you have five kids how is that like <laughs> What is that Actually, like? Thank, thank you for bringing that up one. Because yeah. one thing I would like to use my, my little public exposure to is encourage people to make kids. Sure. And I do have the feeling that the generation of the 20 to 35-year-old, I mean, there may be good reasons not to make kids, but they never hear the good reasons to make kids. Okay. And, and I would really like people to consider that because um, the biological clock of a woman is very limited. 
And I was very fortunate that I started early, which was more an accident than anything. I just, I was pregnant and there was no reason not to have the baby. And I love babies and I had it. And then every three years I had another one and I had a divorce in the middle. It wasn't always smooth sailing. Mm. I was twice made redundant in the middle of all this. I mean, there was lots of stuff that was, that was happening um, that could have prevented me of thinking, making further children And I just kept on going. I didn't ask myself, you know, is it perfect? Do I have the money to pay their studies 20 years later and and all that? And today I'm really, really, really happy. I never let those logistical issues become a deterrent for not making children. Mm. When those five are together against me, I have no chance like zero chance and they leak together very well um one by one i may still have a chance but but it is the most beautiful thing i did in life and i think i did quite a lot of good things but nothing even compares comes close to it um and um and i just want to be that person that maybe somebody hears today and maybe have other occasions to say it if you can make children do it if you can't make them now freeze the eggs I know this is something nobody wants to talk about, but there is a biological clock. And I really want to encourage people to do this. This is a subject that's so important and there is only so much time left. Um, And there's good reasons having children. There's so many good reasons having children. What was the most surprising thing to you about having kids? How much love it generates. It generates in yourself as a parent comes back from the child, brings the whole family together. Um, and, and I don't want to over-romanticize this whole thing. I mean, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. And look for a partner that can do his share. You know, it, it's, it, it's really, really tough. Single parents have all my admiration because, my gosh, I was very lucky that my husband was more active. I didn't say he had more than 50% of it. He was doing the cooking all the time. He was doing the school runs. So look for somebody that is, you know, today, parenthood is not the same than it had to be in the old days. It's not about a woman and a man and a classic family and all that. It can be in much different things. So be open about it. Um, but it, the, the most surprising is that family in good and in bad moments is the strongest ally you can have. You have can have perfect friends. There's no doubt about it, but there is something very special between the bond of a parent and a child. Wow. That's, that's beautifully said. Were you, were you, um, how happy were you when you heard, or, you know, what was the feeling when you heard Elon talk about the fact that, you know, we need to have more babies as a population because of population decline. What, what sort of uh, feeling? I'm so happy he's talking about it because it is a subject. Yeah. Lots of people actually, especially in this environmental um, group of people think that we have too many people, that it's overpopulated, sure. that we don't have the resources for it. And it's very good that he put a highlight on it, that that is not the issue. And it's certainly not an issue in our part of the world. Um, and it's not an issue for privileged people like we are. I mean, we love what we do, all of us, right? But can you imagine who else has an hour to talk about Tesla and whether they should put <laughs> communication in the world or whatever, right? We're so privileged, Taza, We right? are. We are. And, and then one thing I want to ask you, I mean, when we started this interview, you talked about your mom. And when you talked about your mom, you were nearly glowing as much as your wife, nearly, <laughs> making sure making sure I'm doing this politically correct. Right? But, but don't you agree there's something very special between a child and the, and the, and the parent? There is. I mean, th- there really is. I think I think the the older I get, the more the more I appreciate my parents, to be completely honest. And, and it's one of those things that 
I, you know, my wife and I don't have kids yet, but we're, we're planning on starting a family here very soon. And, um, the closer we get like to, to that moment, the more I'm like, man, like my, my parents really, you know, they, they, they've done so much. They've done so much for, for, to ensure that my future was good. And, and that came from a place of pure love and I feel it, you know, I feel, I'm almost getting emotional talking about it. Cause it's oh, like, you know, it's, you. um, it's very, um, it's, it's a special thing. And I think, of course, like growing up as a kid, you're going to have like the fights with the parents and blah, blah, blah. There's going to be all these things. But the older I get, the more I come to realize just how pure their love is and, and how lucky I was to have that in my life. You know, mm -hmm. I, I really am. And uh, I always... A little, but you'll have lots to give to your child. I yeah, think. exactly, and that, that's what I'm very excited to, as well as as a as a as a parent. Hopefully, in in the, in the coming uh, very soon here with with my wife, mm -hmm. and I couldn't have found a, a better partner. You know, like my wife is, I truly believe the best person in the world, and so I I literally can't don't feel any. I, I don't know how I can be any luckier than I am as a person. Period. Know. You know, and mm -hmm. I think, and I'm very excited to to embark on that journey of becoming a parent because I know. You know, I, th I think one of the important things that maybe th that that we've done as as a couple, my wife and I, is that we've really we really have tried our best to ensure we are as happy as we possibly can be, uh, in order to ensure that w when we bring children to the world, that they are also that they're that they're brought into a, a place of love, that they're placed brought into a place where there's yeah. happiness. And, and you see, yeah, yeah, and and it's that's much more important than logistics, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when when I hear people tell me, "Well, it's not the right moment, it's not the right time," there's never a right moment. I can tell you, mm -hmm. for having had five kids, there is never a right moment, and shit will happen whether you're pregnant or not with it. It just that's the word it is, but that's your adult life. You're giving yeah. life and love to a child, and logistics don't matter to that child. Do you think he, the child cares whether you live in a three bedroom villa or a five bedroom villa? The only thing he cares about is that you drive a Tesla, right? But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> the most important part, the most important exactly. part is that we have well, there a Tesla. We are. What else do we need? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to embark on that journey, and honestly, it's um. Yeah, I, I I do hope I do hope that trend changes because if you really think about uh, our civilization, like our species survival, it's so incredibly important and it's something that, like you like it 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 never gets talked about and if it does get brought up, it's all like at least from the circles that I was in, it was always like, well, we have too many people, we already can't feed the people that we have. We have, you know, a bit, however many number of people in poverty and blah blah blah, and then it's like, well, let's actually analyze what's the case. Is that because we don't have enough food as as the as a world, or is that because we're just very bad at ensuring that the food is getting to the right places and that exactly. we have the right ways of supplying those countries exactly. and the infrastructure, like like guys like let's actually analyze the problem like knowing how things anyway yeah it's it i could go on and on about that but i think uh thank you for delivering that message because i, I think it is important and um especially for like people in my generation i'm 35 and uh i you know i just started seeing some of my like friend groups uh a couple, couple of them i had kids earlier but I, I do see a delay like a very big mm -hmm. delay of of when people are starting to uh, have kids, but I'm starting to see people starting to have kids. And my wife and, and I are really- And how old is your wife? She's uh, 33. Yeah. Okay, well, keep on yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so- and enjoy. It, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's it's one thing that I'm very excited for. And we're both very excited for it. So I can't wait to have a little kiddo. So thank you so much for this. this wow, what a, my God.
What a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, I really appreciate your insight. Uh, I hope people find the, I'm sure they'll find it super helpful. What you, what, what you uh, conveyed in this podcast, really the whole, the whole conversation. Um, if you don't mind, uh, list your uh, socials or anything you have uh, for the uh, people listening? Sure, I'll give that. So the Twitter is uh, Madame Alexandra S. I'll give it to you so you can post it under the video. Um, lots of them know me also as the Tesla Boomer Mama, and I'm very proud to be the Tesla Boomer Mama. Um, and uh, very happy to interact with everybody. I really try to spare some time every day to, to keep active in that community. I'm very, very thankful for my Twitter family. Thank you so much, Alexandra. Uh, and yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Check the description below for the socials for Alexandra. And we'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thank, Thank you, Alexandra. Awesome.